Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice Out of practice with your host, Keith Varney Discernible reason. Out of Welcome to Out of the Practice, Episode 2. Recapping Season 1, Episode 2, apparently entitled Part 1. How's All it going, Dex? Oh, I'm, it's, it's going well, Keith. How are you, man? Happy Saturday. <laughs> They've tried to confuse us already by calling Episode 2, Part 1. Yeah, I, I well, as we're going to see through season one, the episode titles are absolutely bananas and make no sense because there's uh, oh, you can hear me closing a uh, window. Uh, so part there's part one is episode two, then trial and error is episode three, then skip to part four, which is season one episode four. I, I <laughs> well, you know that somebody somewhere was like, y'all have to know that we tell, called episode two part one, so we have now already confused future podcasts, so we got to get things back on track by calling episode four part four, which... Right, but but in episode three, they're like, oh wait, this numbering thing makes no sense, let's go to titles, and then they got a note from like ABC, like, no, 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 no. you started with numbers, you got to do numbers, so they got forced, it's, it's about as organized as we been so far early in the podcast i know is it is it would it be a bad idea to pull back the curtain slightly and let everyone know that <laughs> the, the, the sheer that we had our own pilot issues we got notes from the network about our first pilot and we had to redo it and the notes where your computer was fried and didn't record <laughs> i know it, i we should have known when within three seconds of starting the pilot our my system crashed and your system crashed simultaneously we should have known to check the playback. Well, you know, at least we're in sync. Yeah, well. Okay, well, you know what it's time for? It's time for filings and subpoenas. And this is where we would read the uh, ratings that we get on Apple Podcast. If you may leave us a rating, we will read your comment. Good, Good. bad, or ugly. Uh, however, we're also recording this before any of them has been broadcast. So, there are no ratings. In fact, we're not even on Apple Podcasts yet. No, but... I did read last night how to do it. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what we should do before we read how to get it up on the internet is how to podcast. Yeah. Well, I've read a couple of those and they didn't help. Because <laughs> it just had me download a lot of software that has done nothing but destroy a MacBook Pro with 16 gigabytes of RAMs. That should be working fine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're bragging about your RAM after you just crashed? Yeah, I'm not bragging. I, I, it's crazy. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, anywho, so uh, there's no other mail. 
Uh, we have received no donations thus far because mm-hmm. we have no listeners yet. Uh, but were somebody listening to this, I'm so sorry, and they wanted to throw us a shekel or two on the uh, on the PayPal, where would they send it? Out of practice podcast, all one word. Out of practice podcast at gmail dot com. Fantastic. I totally just like uh, Donald Trump Jr. by saying shekel. Yes, you did, uh, which will probably make me edit out later. And then (laughs) (laughs) you also called us out of the practice podcast earlier. So now we've created brand confusion. Oh, God. Well, we have to have a brand to be confused about it. I think out of practice podcast, even though it doesn't say the title of the show, you're actually probably right, but I already made the Gmail address. Great. No, no, no. I think we're, we're going to stick with out of practice. I'm just going to make a lot of mistakes. Okay. Well, join the goddamn club. <laughs> um, okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for joining if, uh, us for episode two. Uh, we do appreciate it. How you've made it this far. We've, we've created a sort of a, a, an obstacle course for you to get through, and we call that obstacle course episode one. Episode one. But this, we are today talking about episode two, part one, which was originally broadcast on March 11th, 1997. What was going on in your life in March 11th, 1997? Well, Keith, it turns out that in this week in March, I know specifically, because I actually have photographic evidence, uh, I was given the keys to my first car to drive. I received my license in November of 96, but I didn't actually get a car to drive until my mom got a new car in March of 1997. Tell me about the car. Oh, I can't wait. It was a, uh, I don't even know the the year of the model, but it was a Chevy Lumina. Ugly white, Mm -hmm. four door, Mm -hmm. ugly sedan. Right, great. Totally a mom car. But what was cool is that when I first got my license, my mom had me go to the market to pick some stuff up. As you know, your kid gets to their license, you make them do errands. Of and course. I, I bought a whole thing of tomatoes, but when I took the groceries out, I left the tomatoes in the trunk of the car, and they oh. rotted into a soupy mess, which is why my mom, we tried everything to get the smell out. It's why my mom ultimately got a new car, and I got left with the rotten tomato car. So from this day in March, all the way for the until 1999 when I bought my first car, my first car, I drove a stinky tomato car, so that was what I was doing. Had my first wow. car, stinky tomatoes. Congratulations! Well, I, I feel like I, I wasn't anticipating talking about this, but I can totally top that. Okay, go for it. Because uh, part of a podcast is competing with your uh, co-host. That's, yeah. Uh, so my the first car that I drove was an '87 Plymouth Voyager, which was a minivan <laughs> at the time, <laughs> where you could remove the back seats, which. Which you never had to, to do. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meant absolutely nothing to me. Uh, so this was this beat up old thing where like in order to open the back door, you had to reach through the door panel, which we eventually just yanked off and like pulled this like metal rod to open the door. Uh, but what happened, the way we stunk up the, uh, the minivan, we took a family trip uh, to Yellowstone uh, from Vermont. So it's like a, it's like a two week trip there and back this this great trip and we ended up renting another van just because we didn't trust our old shit uh van so great and all we have this amazing trip and have a great time and we come back and we open up the van and we thought there was a corpse in there like for realsies but what had happened this was in the like the heat of the summer like dead summer 
we had accidentally left a gallon of milk in the back of the minivan. That was the worst smell you can possibly imagine. It would have been better if there was a corpse in the back. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. So I think that's going to be my... uh, this day in the basement because I think that's a better story than the one I was going to tell. Yeah, I think that way we ride. We both ride the train of stinky cars. That's <laughs> a mixed stinky. metaphor, if ever. Mix, ride the train of, but I'll work on oh, it. Great, great. All right. Well, uh, we're such good podcasters. Yeah, All man. right. So riveting, riveting stuff. <laughs> Riv- oh, so riveting. So let's talk about what was happening in the world on mm. March eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven. Well, I can play this for you. You weren't, ready, you weren't ready for it, but... Oh, God, I'm scared. Her Majesty may be this? a pretty nice girl, as Paul McCartney once wrote, and at Buckingham Palace she had enough to say to make him a knight of the realm, Sir Paul. His fans outside were singing another song. Sir Paul, we love you! March 11th, 1997, Paul McCartney was knighted by the Queen. Sir Paul McCartney. That's a pretty good piece of trivia. Yeah. How about that? Well, let me tell you some stuff. So I looked up my local paper, as I did uh, last week, which we may or may not go back to because we have to re-record it. But the uh, biggest uh, article in the Burlington Free Press was an expansion plan for the waterfront in Burlington, Vermont, which they did. And it became super beautiful, and now Burlington is entirely unaffordable to live in. Well, and it all started right then. Started right then in 1997. I, I tried to get the Philly Inquirer, or even the King of Prussia Courier, but unfortunately, you have to pay a subscription to newspaper.com to get either of that information. So, so uh-huh. I said, hell no. Ah, but you, you don't need a subscription to look at the thumbnail of the front cover. <laughs> See, Which you is and how I, I got my information. You and I are crazy, because as close as I can zoom in, I still can't quite make it out enough to decipher what it's saying. So You just have to recognize the letters and then sound <laughs> it out very carefully, and you will discern meaning from the symbols. But I, should, I, I do, I do want to say that uh, this was what everyone was anticipating the most this week then. <laughs> Wait a second, that can't possibly be right. Well, I think I typed in the wrong date. Go ahead. Wow. Conti- you could introduce. For some reason, I pulled up the trailer to Return of the Jedi, but that's not 1997. That doesn't make any sense. Yes, actually, it is. It was the re-release of the special edition. The ruined special edition was re-released that day, and that was the top movie of the week. It pulled in 16.2 million dollars wow. to see CGI garbage over a brilliant film. Well, the bad news is that movie was absolutely garbage, but the good news is I'm not having a stroke, which is what I thought might be happening. Oh, well, congratulations to that. So it's a, it's a win-win. The top song in two oh, weeks boy. in a row. Oh, no. Oh, get ready. All right. <laughs> Yo, tell me what I want. Yeah. We were totally cruising to this in our minivan. I want to get into my Lumina that smells just like tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was jamming out to this by myself, yeah. alone in my... But you know what? Here's the thing. I wasn't jamming out to this in the minivan. You want to know what I was jamming out to? Ace of Probably Base? the cast recording of Secret Garden. <laughs> no way. Cast recording of Tommy, right? Because you were in rehearsals. Well, Tommy for sure, yeah. But I, you know, I had a lot of cast recordings on uh, CD in that... Which is amazing, because that van 
had a CD player in 1997. Uh, the car that my wife and I have now doesn't have a CD <laughs> player. It has a cassette tape player with a broken cassette tape adapter that has been stuck in it for over a decade. Wow. Well, I want to really everybody... moved up in the world. Uh, <laughs> while you were alone back then, I want to I want to tell Mike in 1997, don't worry, buddy, because next week when we get to our our in the basement segment, you're going to get your first kiss, buddy. It's coming. So, spoiler oh, alert. Snap! Oh my god. Or right, I'm going to send a message to uh, my uh, 1997 Keith. Don't worry, you're going to touch a boob before 40. <laughs> <laughs> At least oh, man. once. I just self-edited about 16 things I was going to say and then chose not to say, <laughs> all concurrently. Well, self-editing saves you from real editing. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, so uh, one last thing, Keith. I just want to let you know that... Um, yeah. Light precipitation in the afternoon was falling. Oh, Jesus. The sun rose at 6.15 a.m. and set at, six, at 5.59. no. no. There was no rain. The temperature was a balmy 47 degrees no. with a slight wind towards the west at 17 miles per hour. Humidity holding steady at 50%. This is what's happening to our audience right now. The UV index was three. Yeah. So oh, uh, if you're a ginger, you might wanted to have got some of that SPF 70 on. <laughs> wow. This is information nobody wants. Nobody wanted it then. What if like, you're you, what? What if you are the one listener who's a ginge, who happened to be alive in '97, living in Astoria? What wait, if, so you that? just self-edited out like 15 things and then used the word ginge? <laughs> ginge is cool, man. Maybe... I'd like to point out that Deggs is the most Italian person <laughs> in history. He is as far away from someone with red hair as possible. One of my sister-in-laws has red hair. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I think maybe strawberry blonde. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, I actually don't know your sister-in-law, so I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Shout out to Asha. She's not listening. <laughs> no, she I mean, at this point, I would like to do like an over-under of anybody listening to us. Uh-huh. The last over-under like, I, you lost had to do with a penis. Right, so, so the over-under, let, let, let's say a week after this episode uh, goes live, I'm going to say the over-under, uh, over-under of uh, downloads is 10. I, I, you probably win that bet. <laughs> I'm not going to bet against that. <laughs> I just gave it over. On. I'll take the under. I'll take definitely take the under. <laughs> take the under. <laughs> yeah, well, that's always, you know, the out of, out of practice podcast. Always take the under. Yeah. Hey, I still take the under. I don't want to move. I don't want to do any work. <laughs> okay. Well, so, shall we finally talk about the actual episode? We should do that. Yeah. Okay, well, this episode was written by series creator David E. Kelly, who also wrote the first episode, but this time it was directed by Michael Pressman, who you might know as the director of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Secret of the Ooze! Secret of the Ooze. He's, uh, see, that's his producer credits. He's directed 14 episodes of uh, SVU. Um, a couple episodes of Elementary, some Blue Bloods, some Grey's Anatomy, lots of Law and Order. He uh, directed a couple episodes of Boston Public, which or one episode of Boston Public, which we talked about as In This Universe, and nine episodes of Picket Fences before. So he actually directed a fair amount of David E. Kelly's stuff. Um, 
So he's looks like he's mainly a TV director, uh, with the exception of the seminal Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. But he was a producer on the fantastic Lake Placid film. Okay. That's so a, uh, I mean, someone 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 call that a, a modern classic. I, I I would I would call that a modern classic. So the question so, here is: Are we yeah. going to stick? Do you think they're going to stick with the same shooting technique? That's really what I'm. We we kind of decided together at the end of the last episode that we were a little distracted by the kind of handheld, uh, forced, and dramatic the perspective close-ups. Yeah, that was like really just you couldn't even fit an entire face on the screen. Yeah, uh, which is pretty intense. And I uh, I think no. I think uh, as the series goes on, the, the camera work becomes a little bit more West Wing-ish, with a lot less handheld, more locked in, more sort of sweeping. You know, the other thing we didn't talk about in uh, the first episode is how washed out this show is compared to most other shows. Um, what I mean by that is there's a lot less color, in a lot less saturation in the uh, in the screen, which I think you know is designed to like add a classy like grittier sort of a feel to it as opposed to sort of the more gumball um uh, coloring of a a series like alan mcbeal which actually takes place in the same universe and also by david e kelly but it has its own visual signature which is to be a little bit desaturated especially in the first couple of seasons nobody cared about that no i think a lot of people care keith everyone cares uh all right so the synopsis of this episode reads as follows Bobby represents a man facing armed robbery charges. His strategy is to plead out to lesser charges, just like every other episode. Eugene's client fears for her and her 11-year-old son's safety at the hands of her ex-husband. Eugene makes several attempts to get a restraining order. The situation has deadly consequences. Bobby tries to secure a loan and pays a visit to Jimmy Berluti, his friend and banker. Ccast guest star info as... No, (laughs) that's my note. (laughs) Michael Badalucci. Yes, indeed. Well, that's a terrible synopsis. Why do they put these things up on IMDb? I don't know where they came from. But it has deadly consequences. Deadly consequences. This episode of Out of Practice is brought to you by no one. I did not exceed 60. This I can say with absolute certainty. How can you be so sure of that, Mr. Parks? Well, first off, I have two small children, and uh, I am not in the habit of driving at excessive speeds. And speech. I have never had an acting lesson. I just picked up a cup of coffee. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Who said that? Who said professional that? asshole. Holder on the door arm. You realize what and he's done? how is that relevant? Well, it's relevant in that my car Did 126 episodes of ER? And coffee would have been splattering 24, everywhere. he was in RoboCop? I'm sure that the officer is... Oh, uh, you should have opened, opened with RoboCop. On this occasion, he was mistaken. Absolutely should have opened with RoboCop. You uh, say anything to the officer when he issued the citation? Hearsay. Hey, traffic court. What did you say to Officer Grody, Mr. Parks? This doesn't matter. I was upset at being uh, unjustly cited, and in addition, he was making me late for work, so uh, I likely communicated my annoyance. You tell him Alan Dershowitz was your lawyer, and he would prove all cops are trained to lie under oath? I don't believe I said he was my personal attorney did you call amazing. there Officer are people Grody out there who will like full on do stuff like that donkey with the also i'm just so thrilled for the alan dershowitz reference so so soon 
Really? So, so, that's true. It was actually pretty close <laughs> yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. To the OJ trial. Interesting. It's like the ultimate uh, laying the laying the. Oh my god! I can't think of the word. You know when you. <laughs> Something's going to happen. You know, waving your hand at me is not going to help me get the word you're looking for. Uh, foreshadow. Oh, my God. The moral fiber of a disposable douche. Be like a douche. post-shadow, because it already happened. Don't, that's something of a non-sequitur. I don't believe I would have said that. Did you opine that the reason women and children were being raped and killed is because fat donkeys like him are too busy pinching speeders when they should be fighting serious crime? I am a taxpayer. I'm in, I have a right to my opinion. Is any of this at all relevant? No. Guilty. See probation. Next case. Hey, you. Awesome. Why the hell should I pay you? This is my third quick, uh, Yeah, yeah you're quick cut. Three. Well, I mean, yeah, swipe the bush. You think I am? Now, if you, if you look here, we, ha- we have an external the shot. They're walking through. We are clearly oh, God, now in the gorgeous. L.A. sun on a soundstage. I'm yeah. the garnish. Taxi. They tried hey, to desaturate it, but that's clearly L.A. sun. Garnish my wages, he says, he's about to find out they did film it in Boston, but I don't think so. Where to? I just want to turn the corner. Don't we all? All right, we See, get it. A, a New York cabbie would never do that. All right, oh. wait a minute. Here we go. The theme song for the first time. This frequently happens when you'll hear the uh, theme song for the first time on the second episode because they haven't written it during the pilot. I'm so th- impressed that you got the, those, th- those uh, authentic laser sounds for our opening. <laughs> Threw it into Pro Tools. What is that? What is that instrument where you're kind of snake charming? I, I think it's synth trumpets. Like bad 90s synth trumpets. Oh, which I've mistaken as snake charming music. <laughs> All right, hold on. Stop it there. We yeah, must yeah, we discuss should... this theme song. It is absolutely bonkers. That's bonkers even for the 90s. It's super bonkers. And like, I, I, it's like a whole bunch of like honks and alien lasers and sound effects and like percussion. Especially after like. After Picket Fences, because we played uh, the theme song to Picket Fences last episode, which is like so sweeping and beautiful and heartfelt, and then like this sort of like musical cacophony (laughs) of like sound effects. It sort of gives me shades of, oh man, I can't believe I'm about to use this reference. This is probably a bad idea. Uh, Later series Cosby show. Oh, when they kind of do that, those weird jazz sort of interludes, and that do they just dance to? It's giving me a little bit of that vibe. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I'm. I will not be doing a Cosby impression. Just less cohesive and or sensical. Yeah, although I, I do remember it. It every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's the practice. You know immediately. So you know, it is very distinctive. Interesting, because I would have sworn up and down that they make a change, but no, I guess not. As, I, as a reminder for anybody jumping in episode two, I, I'm watching Clean, so this is a first time through for me. He's never so so. It, uh, why don't you sing for me the new version of the practice jingle that you thought they cut to? <laughs> um, uh, it's the practice. Uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they just stuck with this. Way to commit to a bit. <laughs> it's the practice. Oh, I know that guy. The judge. There's no Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Who's that judge? 
Who is that judge indeed? <laughs> oh, man, you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait for it. No, I wasn't going to wait for it. You know I had to put a jingle in. Oh, yeah, man. I'm really excited about that. That judge is Philip Baker Hall, legendary uh, character actor from such things as many episodes of this. Um, he did a couple episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm. You might remember him from uh, Seinfeld or Everword, Ever whatever. Uh, there was, He was in Bruce Almighty. Mm. Um, did a whole bunch of things. He also did two different movies of the Zodiac Killer in two years, which I think does confirm officially he is the Zodiac Killer with his partner in crime, Ted Cruz. It doesn't not prove that. I I think it's pretty conclusive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, he's he's a legendary great actor. And here's here's a piece of trivia that I'll never remember to bring up again uh, later. So I'm going to say it now. He plays this judge here in I think three episodes this season. By season two, episode two, he's playing a completely different judge. With a completely different relationship with Bobby, is he sleeping with Bobby as well? Uh, isn't ever isn't everyone? That's a good point. We'll look for we'll look for subtle clues this episode. Yeah, okay. Talking whole sentences. There's been no suggestion of abuse in the pleadings because we're no fault. Plus, which for the sake of the kid, can't, we can't, wanted can't to avoid. Are there any judges that aren't just completely over it at all times? Smack him, judge. Hey, no, I think it's a, a rule on the show. You have to be over it. Why don't you let Mr. Young say what he has to say? before squealing like a distressed little pig? Would that be acceptable? Burn. Fine. We didn't allege violence because we hoped this wouldn't get ugly. Mm-hmm. No. It's ugly. Your Honor, divorced couples typically behave in an antagonistic manner towards each other, and it does not behoove this court to intervene by issuing rash, How restraining long do we wait orders. Till he uh, uh, excuse me, now, now who is interrupting me? I was behooved. Shut up! Mr. Colson. Your Honor, he does this on purpose. He goes to get my goat, and he does. He gets it. He gets it every time. I understand. Mr. Young. I'm not going to allow your client to Now, in to real courtrooms, the do these type of interpersonal relationships bubble up so he much and so often? I can't imagine. Mr. Coulson, like, this instruct your client to stop with the threats and the intimidation. Otherwise, Although, the to be fair, there's no jury And he will not see his child. So I'm not sure if the rules are different when there's not a jury Commonwealth there. versus Kenneth Hanks. Unlawful possession with I also intent thought it was rather easy to get a restraining order. What's left of it? I thought so too, and that's guilty. one of the things I, I'll have thoughts about this episode that I can't this imagine afternoon? that uh, sure. the restraining order wouldn't have happened a long time ago. See if you can ago. get the officer in. All right. Great. Oh, Lindsay. We're still rolling credits, Lindsay. and that's the third oh, swipe cut. Oh, definitely. We're in, like, the sea story now. Sorry, I'm fighting the tobacco industry this week. You're the exclusionary queen here, and I need you. I've got cocaine, vehicle search. Oh, know what, Ellie? My mother's birthday was Sunday. I promised her I wouldn't put any crackheads back on the street this week. Otherwise, that's very cute. Very, very cute. But I'm serious about this. I think we have grounds, and it's an extra five for us if we squash They're both wearing gigantic suits as well. about this single white female attorney? Where'd you get this? It was on the computer. I'm sorry. Is she working? Shouldn't she be busy cleaning up? Bobby's room or telling him to floss or something? I thought she was a his spit. personal. Oh, that's right. 
mouthwash. Spit. Well, get him shaved. Well, something. <clears throat> she's an interesting character arc throughout this uh, series. We'll have to find out what you feel about this. But I think we should oh, talk about. No. She had to like write a, like a full on like <laughs> dating thing in a newspaper. Like dating in the '90s was hard. I mean, I, I, that's why I chose not to participate in it. Oh, right, right, right. Personal personal preference. It, I didn't. Wa- I didn't want to put my uh, my name in the paper. But ouch. Also, like that's a rough thing to do to a character this early in a show. Well, I mean, oh yeah, no, I have so subjecting them to the diet that is that office. Um, I have a, a client who's suing a dating service. I was just, uh, you know. Typing all the evidence. So, so Dex, you know, I feel like oh. if I ate the diet that was in this what? office, oh. I'd have a spare you, tire you too. Think you know, like every little minute detail that goes on. Or in that, this you, office unfortunately, you control the cricket sound effect. <laughs> Come on, that was good. I feel like I should offer an apology for calling her beautiful last episode, but I'm going to stand by it because I think she's pretty. The practice. Well, don't worry, because we have to re-record it anyway, so you don't have to. You're going to anyway. You see this? Huh? Eviction notice. These are the kinds of things that happen when you can't make the rent, which is the kind of thing you can't make when clients Last don't pay. Last rent. Let's talk about Undercover Boss for a moment. Things yeah. you don't generally do to start the day is yeah. tell everyone you're getting evicted. Yeah, that's not ideal. But, you know, Bobby is like, he, he plays by his own rules, man. He bucks the system. Oh, your suit fits. Mine's too big. It's way too yeah, big. It's you all like too it big, that way. But my, my hair's so dreamy. I fill the pants out, though. Are we anywhere close to a settlement on the tobacco case? Tell me. Ha. Right. We shut it down again. Oh, that's nice. Any decaf, I'm man? I'm serious. I've had it. We can't keep juggling like this. But you haven't you had did? it. Don't tell me you've had it when you haven't had it. I've had it with your being had it. Eugene, Ruth Gibson. It's trouble. Back in L.A. I like that we're getting a little more Eugene this episode. I want to see what's. Yeah. I want to see his style, his pizzazz. Now, under what you were just saying, there, there's an ADR line from the extras that was like, "It's really tough with childcare these days." It was. It was oddly specific for like, like ADR and extra line. I think going forward, I want to cut. I want to count the swipe cuts every episode. We have to have an over under on that. It's a lot. Did <laughs> he touch you? No, but. <sighs> oh wait, no, no. Pause it right there. So if you pause it around seven fifty or so, you'll see. So the the story here, if you can't tell, because we've been talking over it like idiots, is that uh, an, an ex husband has been harassing uh, his wife and his kid, and in this scene here, he's trashed uh, the apartment. <laughs> And uh, the poor kid's dressed up and as like a, dr- an Indian with a, with arrows. Ah, uh, it's Robin Hood. Uh, anyway, it's going to be a plot point. Don't worry. But uh, above the chandelier, one of the things he's done to trash the apartment and intimidate his wife is to hang an extension cord from the chandelier for no reason. It's like the clock in the courtroom last time. Right. It's like <laughs> just a lot of unnecessary power cords. But I'm like, ah, oh, take that, to... wife. I'm going to put you an extension cord like on the uh, the chandelier. Oh, the, the pi- I'm going to turn this one picture slightly askew 90 degrees. Slight, I'm going to slightly uh, askew you your here? picture. Yeah, well, see, all the pictures are just a little this. off. Right. I'm not... Right. There's <laughs> like three very <laughs> symmetrical pictures just slightly tilted. I'm going to tilt them by five degrees. He put a kitchen knife through it. 
All right, we're going back to court. Can I keep? This? Yeah, and you know, before we uh, <laughs> we talk about the stabbed cervical cap, let us point out that this actress is played by Jane Atkinson, who you might remember from House of Cards, as uh, as what's her name? Uh, hold on, hold on. God damn it, I'm, Keith! What? Look, now I need to know. No, this is a. No, no that's the. Oh, okay. She's on the makeup department for a lot of things. Who knew it? Uh, as a uh, wait, who is she? So, oh wait a minute, am I confusing her? Wait, she was in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, right? Oh, th- there are two Jane Atkinsons. That's why I got confused. No, she is known. She played Kathy Durant on House of Cards. Are that's Kathy Durant from House of that's Cards? Kathy Durant oh, from Secretary, House of Cards. Secretary of Defense, Kathy Durant. Yes. Or no, a Secretary of State. Excuse me. Yes. <clears throat> she meets an untimely end. Netflix spoiler: House of Cards. Uh oh, Mike. Oh. Oh, jeez. Uh, wait, I'm not Spoiler sure. Spoiler alert from back when we watched that show and it wasn't didn't feel icky. Or it felt icky in the normal way. Did you watch the last season? Oh, be doing I did. Good. I did. Keep your doors locked. Use your deadbolt. I'll have somebody pick you up. Exhibit B. This is a punctured cervical cap and three askew okay, paintings. Right. With a knife what stuck if he hurts through us? it. And this kid who is clearly far sure too old to be walking around in a costume on a regular day with a bow and arrow. To be fair, that could be a Native American. Now listen to me, Lyle. Whatever it, happens, no, it, it totally could be, but he's calm. very clear. It's well, how's it going to go? We'll make our arguments. When the DA is making hers, you stay quiet, Lyle. Then after, the judge will either make his ruling or take it under advisement, probably the latter. Two episodes in, Bobby tells a lot of people to not say anything. That's like, a, I guess... Well, to be fair, like that's what all lawyers do, I would imagine. Yeah, the first thing like, they tell yeah. you is don't say anything. Will we win? We should. And if we At least no one's been put away for three for consecutive life sentences. Make you so <laughs> life sentences for reasons we're That's not told. That's why we stay completely calm. Now, when you say a line like that, I bet you she's going to stay calm. To be admissible. Your Honor, given the inflammatory nature of that videotape, I don't it even know. It shows how- what he did, Counselor. Putting a gun to the temple of a person. Oh, there she is. Elderly- Who's this guy? Uh, uh, I'll tell you That is Herb Mitchell playing Judge Rodney White, which he will do for 12 more episodes at various points. Moment of silence for Keith's neighbors. <laughs> Person robbing a grocery store, that's what's inflammatory. Your Honor, if the jury views that tape... They might I- get an idea of what actually happened. God forbid. The tape is admitted. Son of a- you don't care what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Put him back in lockup. Wow. Courtrooms in Boston are exciting. If you, if you can't see, if you haven't watched the episode, the uh, defendant just charged the judge while handcuffed. I don't know what the intent was. Was he going to headbutt him or, or what? And did you notice that literally no one, no one in the courtroom was intimidated, scared, or found it out of place whatsoever? Right, which means that this happens all the time in the Boston court system, apparently. Or it means they were running late and were like, oh, whatever the next take is, we're taking it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, Kate Burton's bangs still rolling. I'm sure your client is very distraught, and I promise to be understanding. I'll consider him misunderstood. Trial set for Wednesday next. We've adjourned. So there. It does not look cold outside. There's no No. steam coming up from that coffee. No, but they're all pretending it's cold. The one placing the personal ad. Lawyer-client privilege. Eleanor. Most current procedurals film just film in New York, yeah? Uh, a lot of, I mean, a lot of them do. Not all of them, like NCIS doesn't, but... Meanwhile, so here's my feeling about this scene. So, let's pretend I was in the 90s and I did want to touch a boob, and I put out a personal ad. Like, Rebecca, like interjecting herself into this like mind your own fucking business rebecca what the hell well i will say that we have a friend back home uh who we have one of the wives of our friend group has has built a personal profile for our one single friend and he took great offense to it mm. there's well a, i think there's i would too not wanting to talk about it either it's uh I don't know. I appreciate. It. I got my marriage is based on a setup. My buddy set me up. My best friend met her husband. Well, a that setup that you like talked about, about ahead of time. Like, hey, do you know anybody? Oh, yeah, that I guess Noah put it out Good in the paper. Deal. They were like, hey, Mike needs a date. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Put it out in the village voice. Yeah. Okay. Singing Italian with a guitar. Or at least the, she shouldn't be surprised that that she's upset. Or uh, you yeah. Know, just like, what? Is it not perfectly normal for me to, like, steal... First off, steal your, like, possessions, read them, and then insert myself in into your personal life. You know, I, I feel like this is, from a writer's perspective, you have this character who works in the office, but she's not a lawyer. And you're trying to figure out a way to insert her into the story. And it feels a little shoehorned here, where it's like... She doesn't really have any characteristics of her own that they've written so far. So she really just has to comment and try to insert herself into other character storylines. Now, fair, it's episode two. Uh, she did type up she did type up his clothes in the first episode. Yeah, she did. And I it's it's a little you know, at this point her sort of like nosiness and lack of agency is a little icky, especially considering she's the only like black female person yeah. on the entire show. Uh, but they they will address it as we go along. Sloan, this guy's a buddy of mine. This you told me. I asked why am I here. Shh, just go along. Hey, Look how young Jimmy. he is. Jimmy Balloonie! Wow. Come doing 90 with the usurious rates you got. Come this will help you with a promotion, yeah. Jimmy. Do I ask for much? You ask all the time, Bobby, and I give like a cow. I'm growing others here. We're very close. Ooh. Ooh, I like death it. Against T.O. Michaels, my associate here, Lindsay Dole's handling the case. <laughs> Do I look like I got a brain tumor? You think I think you're going to squeeze a tobacco company? Watch 60 I'm Minutes, Jimmy. Things suggests. are changing. They'll settle. Even if you got half a mil, which you won't. That's one fifty. I'm glad to see them working together now instead of just having a weirdly awkward moment in the office. What, you're a legalist? Sure no, maybe I should throw you the case. Hey, I know what this thing is worth. I used to be a lawyer, oh, remember? Although, lawyer. are they working together, or is he basically implicating her in a uh, <laughs> like a loan scheme? You know, I'm trying to think of the of the the current modern day viewpoint. They have a lot of men. I think you might have mentioned this last episode. They have a lot of men speaking for her all the time. Yes, they do. Jimmy, you never want a case. Suck up to me. That'll of help. Of course. Wait a minute. Excuse me. Are are you? Too- 
I, I would just like to point out that I am aware of the irony of us uh, complaining about mansplaining as two straight white men talking for two hours for that nobody asked them to do. Related? No, just friends. So I thought. And it's tobacco case. Okay? You just described 80% of podcasting. never had an autopsy. There's no illegal opinion. Like vascular disease caused by smoking. There's a new craze, Jimmy. It's called reading. I read. Maybe you should try Tom forgetting What is going on here? First two episodes, there's a lot of people like shouting at each other, like face to face. Also, aside from that one questionable close, uh, he hasn't really proven that he's a great lawyer. I'm not quite sure why anybody is with this dude. Uh, he is dreamy. Forget he's it. He's so dreamy. All right, Jimmy. Forget it. Forget it. I feel like me and Dylan could be brothers. We got the eyebrows. Uh, yes, you I both have eyebrows. Well <laughs> spotted. How can you be loath? He vandalized the house. He threatened her again. He stabbed her diaphragm with a kitchen knife. Look at this. Can I see that? I have seen a diaphragm before. My wife has one. Wow. But this looks like a Thanks thimble. for that information. He stabbed a rubber thimble. Are you trying to confuse this court? Your Honor, uh, I believe that is a cervical cap. It's different from a diaphragm. Oh. That's a line well, he had to practice for the audition. He stabbed a rubber thimble. Uh, yeah. His hair... Yeah. Chris doesn't make... He stabbed a thing. <laughs> it's just lucky she wasn't wearing it at the time. Your Honor, Mr. Gibson has promised to seek therapy. He feels deep remorse deep regarding... Remorse. He doesn't feel the, the slightest The fact of the matter is, is it's the first act of vandalism. He represents a physical threat to, to my client's safety. And this is going on... This is going on here. Please. Does your client wish to press charges on the vandalism? What good would that do? What is the point of pressing charges? Okay, one, pressing charges will most likely get him arrested, thereby you get a temporary restraining order in there. But second of all, you start to put in, you build a record in the system of complaints about this stuff. Every every time you add something to his record in the system, the, uh, in, the ju- in the judicial system, it's evidence that you can use forward either to get a longer restraining order or when something happens, like you're building... Of course you press charges. Also, he trashed your house and put extension cords on your chandeliers. Yep. You're not wrong. Your pictures need to be adjusted. You must show imminent do this. threat of bodily harm. Do I have Otherwise, to drag her in here in a body sack? That is the future paid? Secretary of State of the United States. Absolutely, one hundred percent, no. Mr. Young and her cervical cap show got me a stabbed. Bruise. Come in with a couple of stitches. Something more than a punctured cervical cap. No, that's enough. No, in the real world, that's enough. You're in that house without an invitation. <laughs> I say, like, I don't know what I'm talking place about. My place too. No, it isn't. You stay out. I've just been waiting for a chance to paste you. I don't think you want to give it to me. Bobby might. years. If we can get it. <laughs> Armed robbery, you could get life. Six would be a great result. Trust For me. For who? For you? So you don't got to look at me no more? What's your problem, Lyle? Okay. My problem is I don't trust So, uh, Dex, I'm going to open up a school for wise guys on TV. Oh, I didn't know you were you were thinking of doing that. Yeah, no, it's totally like let, let me show you how to how to do a Boston accent on TV in the '90s. You just sort of talk like a wise guy. You don't know what's going on. It has nothing to do with a Boston accent, but I'm not really moving my lips that much. 
That was pretty good. That's, that's all you got to do. You're just like, hey, I don't understand what's going on. It's, I'm just sort of like a half Brooklyn, uh, half mobster, but I'm just not moving my lips, so now I'm a wise guy. Um, yeah, you look pretty good. I would say my biggest question is, this is the second guy who's uh, already sent to the pen early on in the episode that we're defending, and they pick people who are not intimidating characters. The first guy didn't look like he killed anybody, let alone somebody badly enough to get three life sentences. This guy could go away for 15 for armed robbery, and I would let him babysit my children that I don't have. Yeah, but he's going to give him a wise guy accent. I'm kind of tough. I'm from Boston. This is what a Boston accent sounds like, right? I don't know. Your mouth is moving so much. (laughs) (laughs) You were assigned to this case. But listen to Bobby here. He picks it up. He starts doing it too. Hey, don't flatter yourself, all right? Did he say whiff? Hey, don't. He starts doing the accent too. Don't flatter yourself. To an 80-year-old lady's head. If mice not sunk to your level, I'd be on antibiotics, and you can trust that. You want to fire me? <laughs> totally Please do. It's infectious. Bad wise guy accent is infectious. But as long as I'm assigned to your ass, I have an ethical obligation to present you with your best legal options, which is what I'm doing. I haven't even got it down to six years yet. You should only be so lucky. That would be my grinder profile. <laughs> what would be? But as long as I'm assigned to your ass, that <laughs> I have an ethical obligation to present you with your best legal options, which is what I'm doing. I haven't even got it. It's a little long, but I would do yet. it. You should only be so lucky. <laughs> assigned to your ass. That's an ethical obligation. Yeah. I have an ethical obligation to be assigned to your uh, excuse ass. Excuse me, it's uh, twenty past. We're not going till half past. Well, it might be nice. Oh, it only to took six minutes to get to that joke. Yeah. <laughs> We have a search, we have container in the trunk, you've done this in your sleep, Lindsay. So why can't you take care of it? I just don't have your gift for constitutional analysis. You owe me. I owe you. I observed the vehicle to be weaving in an erratic so manner. I suspected she just the driver to be under the influence went of alcohol. in here and is supposed to be arguing a case she doesn't even know anything about. Nothing. Anything, like, I, like, yeah, great. So, I mean, obviously, like, certain seizure stuff's pretty straightforward, but, like, I've got to think that's got to be some sort of misconduct or ethical violation, just like flat out not even know it's the name of your It's just being bad client. at your job. It's being bad at your job. I went to buy, we, we went car shopping the other day, and uh, I had done just a little bit of research on this car. And I walked in, the first question the salesman said to me, he goes, what's it going to take to get you in a Honda CR, HRV today? I asked him one question about whether they had the 1.6 liter or the 2.0 liter, and he said to me, without missing a beat, Oh, I've only been working here a couple days. I'll have to go look up some of the details about the car. That's what he said. What's it going to take to get you into a Sarah? (laughs) It's just being bad at your job. Oh, my God. When you went to the car, I smelled the slight odor of marijuana, and I saw some marijuana seeds on the console. Hmm. And what did you do then, Officer Trimble? I placed the suspect under arrest, then I searched the vehicle, the incident to the arrest. Mm Mm-hmm. That's when I found the cocaine in the trunk of the vehicle. This lawyer has no... Were there any other occupants in this vehicle, sir? No Boston no, accent except for ca. And did you check ka. the registration on this vehicle, sir? I did. Oh, is that... What's his bucket? The owner. Thank you. Wait, hold on. Wait. I knew that lawyer from somewhere. Well, it was perfect. <laughs> Wait, where do you know that lawyer from? Uh, sex in the City? I, I don't know. I never watched Sex in the City. I think that he's one of the boyfriends, maybe? I, there's a lot of boyfriends, I, I understand. 
Yeah, but like a recur. I think he's Steve. I think his name is Steve on Sex and the City. Oh. Am I right? I, I look it up. Oh God, what's his name? I don't know. You know what I'll do is I'm going to fill time while you look it up on your IMDb because I don't know the guy's name. And uh, I actually went down the rabbit hole searching for a character in season three and literally couldn't find it on IMDb who was a named character. I think they had it misassigned. So I was completely and utterly lost. Still am. So when we get there, I'll ask our listener to uh, look it up and try and tell me who that was. David David Eigenberg. What else has he been in? Sex in the, he's Steve on Sex in the City. Hey, wow! Also in a Perfect Murder and Garfield the movie, so we'll f- we'll we'll forgive him for that. Well done. This has been another fine episode of. I know that lawyer from somewhere. Many episodes of Chicago PD. So I guess uh, his Law, Law and Order, also he's, Castle. God, he's done a lot of episodes. Well, 147 episodes of Chicago Fire. The dude could like buy an island. <laughs> You pulled him over on suspicion of. Do I DUI. win a prize for that? That is correct. And no. you detected a slight odor of marijuana? <laughs> yes, I did. Podcasting dignity, but there's no such thing. That he had probably just finished smoking some marijuana. Then you opened the trunk, saw the brief. This would be a good time for. Light them if you got them. Light them if you got them. Spark up! Oh, just because I didn't record a four-part harmony theme song, it's, <laughs> it doesn't hold any weight. How did you spend your and Saturday morning? Light them yes. if you got them. Is that what you were looking for? Cocaine? Miranda. This was just a general search incident to the arrest. So you didn't say to yourself when you smelled the pot, boy, we got a big drug dealer here. No, I did not. It was kind of an innocent search. You were surprised to find that cocaine? I was not looking to find cocaine. That is correct. And when you opened that container, did you say, oh, my. Objection. Withdrawn. Nothing further. Witness may step down. So, what do you think? What do we know about this judge? Wait, so, Keith. Yeah. Is this just that first case from last week again? You mean about the uh, search and seizure stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. Although, in that case, he had the right, he had a warrant to find the drugs. So, the in terms of like his the uh, his legitimacy to go and find what the drugs were were not in question. Whereas this is whether he has uh, legal cause to search it, now therefore to discover it. He's a strict constructionist. Oh wait, Can back we that up, Your Honor. So she says that this this judge was a Michael Dukakis appointment, and therefore a strict constructionist, which if you're a political nerd, uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Michael Dukakis, Democrat, uh, more progressive, and strict constructionists are usually appointed by Republicans. So this, I'm not... This was back in time, the last, the last presidential election we couldn't vote in, you and I. That's true. So what do you think? What do we know about this judge? Well, Although I did vote vote for Michael Dukakis in third grade, I so did I. That's bizarre. Yeah, he I he won in our uh, in our class. 
by Lancelot. We just like to say doo-doo caucus. testimony was clear. He concluded my client was smoking pot. I still like it. Casual use. That entitles him to search the car, but not the trunk. First of all, she's citing a California case. California judges themselves are casual users. I also went to the school of wise guy acting. Nielsen, 10th Circuit, 1993. Officer smelled burnt marijuana. Car search okay, drunk not okay. U.S. versus Seals, 5th Circuit. And here, you really wobble. 15 years later and we're only, only barely getting past this shit. He not only went into the trunk, he opened a container. Chadwick? We've all read that one. You want me to reel off all the cases saying that the search is constitutional? Because I can do that. No, no, This counts for a Uh, Boston accent. Look, um, I've been cut back to one law clerk, and I'm not going to waste two weeks of her time researching this pimple. I'll certify it to appeals. You can draft your briefs. Eleanor's real, real, real giddy with herself back there. She's all cocky. She knows what's what. Go upstairs and argue it if that's what you really want to do. But on such a small amount of coke, I hardly think it's worth the time. So what then? Well, let's plead him to the miss on the marijuana. Also, uh, plead guilty to the DUI. I'll uh, continue the cocaine charge without a finding for a year. If he's a good boy, then the count will be dropped altogether. I'm not thrilled about junk and a cocaine possession. I understand, but let's be real. Even Scalia might squirm on this one. You did no blood test, by the way. No, Scalia would not squirm. Scalia would just execute him. God rest him. So you could even have trouble with the marijuana. Fine. Whatever. Scalia later. No, that's fine. <laughs> Go and be good citizens. <laughs> Unbelievable. For somebody who hates criminal law, you're pretty good at it. Gee, thanks. I guess whoever pays, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben, baby, how's my favorite clerk doing no! today? Hey! All right, so this is the guy I was trying to figure out. Who is this guy? Because the character name... On, in the credits, pulls up a completely different person who's not this guy. And I can't figure out... I've He's done a lot of different things, and I have something of, yeah. in my head. It's, like, stuck in my craw that I remember him from. I feel like it's an episode of Star Trek or something, but I can't figure out his name, so I can't figure out what I remember him from. Just so, Google, my tie is six inches too long. <laughs> You're going to come up with a lot of results for that these days. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. The he's tie the is six I- inches too long and the rest he's is not six on the inches IMDb? No, I, like, I'm sure he is, but the character is misassigned on IMDb. Like Benny the Clerk is uh, Wayne Hubbard Knight. But when I looked him up, like it's an entirely different person. So I'm huh. I'm completely confused, or I don't know. Things are very I'm I'm very confused. If this is actually Wayne Hubbard Knight, please like log into IMDb and put your photo on there because there's no photo. So yeah, I know if there's it's about. 19 minutes and six seconds in the episode. If in the future somebody can tell us who this is, write us at uh, out of practice podcast at gmail dot com, and Keith will PayPal you uh, three dollars and seventy five cents. Wow, that's a lot. In a slip of two weeks, he's sitting in third. Legit? Yeah, very. Martin Parks, you remember the stiff in the trademark oh, injunction? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Bobby's been in three times. Last one, traffic court. Guy hasn't coughed up a quarter. Hey, I'll take care of it. Right. Here, sweetheart. Thanks. Right. Oh, 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 by wow, the way. That's a pretty heavy flirt. Kyle Roberts, armed robbery. We're trying to cop to six. 
DA Susan Alexander, can you give her a sniff for us, see if she'll wiggle? Oh, he'll give you a sniff. Oh, <laughs> or two. Well, and, and here's the thing. Like, what was that? Because in this episode, we've set up that she's looking for a man and she's, you know, putting stuff in the, in the, in the paper. We're set up to believe that this is a possible romantic interest thing. But then we find out, like, immediately she's just full on manipulating him, which I think is interesting. Me doing my part. Now it's your turn to do yours. Excuse me? Look, Susan Alexander, we've been working hard to get Lyle Roberts cut down to You know, if we were taking shots every time somebody said something sexually induendo-based, we'd be drunk, man. I am drunk. Lyle Roberts. Yep, armed robbery. You're going to owe me again. Uh, nope. Bobby's going to owe you on this one. That extra in the background, she got a she got a close up. She didn't know she was getting. You no, but she gave a really good eye roll. Okay. For oh, notice. that eye roll was hard. Hey, hey, Jimmy. This, uh, no, on the piper. I'm standing no, right. Jimmy. No, Jimmy. No, no, Jimmy. You want me fired? You're not gonna get fired. Did you see that man that looked like Colonel Sanders smoking a pipe in the background? A pipe. A pipe. Well, you know, apparently in the nineties, it was just like let's all smoke inside as much as humanly possible. Except for me, because we don't get along, but... Keep your eyes peeled for the pipe. All right, well, let's watch this extra, too, in the elevator. Armed robbery. You're going to owe me again. Look, QI roll, and... Uh, roll. Now... You you owe me. I wish there was a way to figure this out, because next episode, there's going to be some unbelievably obnoxious extra acting. Ship captain and a pipe. No, totally. Ship captain. He's totally terrifying. Because you're creative. But I think and that same extra is in a later episode also doing a ridiculous eye roll. Oh, well, I hope so. I wrote it down. We'll find it next week. I've had better months. So he's looking for some help financially because yeah. they hit us over the head with that uh, eviction notice. still got those blueprints. You know, for taking over the empty space next to you. Yeah, somewhere. Dust him off. I can't loan out on this tobacco case. He's got a fresh just for men job right there. I'll give you a construction loan for <laughs> office expansion. The space next to us is no longer empty. Do you I remember how gross that. it was when people smoked inside? I mean, it oh, was gross. It was horrible. I said it. You ever go to a casino nowadays where they still can and you, it comes back quick? A nickel more. Really? It's a point over prime and you pay this. Thank I've, you. I haven't been to a casino like... Thank you. I've only been once, but I didn't gamble. So. Why do you keep My wife likes casinos. That? She doesn't like to gamble so much. We put twenty dollars in the slots, but it's Goodwin Sullivan. They gobble. Take she a just nice likes the smell paycheck. of desperation and sadness. You don't have to keep no, she likes blinking lights. Creditors or, or clients are looking <laughs> to kill you. Maybe I like looking over my shoulder. I've been listening to your dream for seven years, and you ain't a step closer. Yeah, I'll get back to that dream tomorrow. Today, I got people counting. Lots of exposition. Associates looking to be paid. Yeah. Eugene, she's advertising in the personals. How could she not be honest? Mind your own fucking business, Rebecca. You could have put it more gently. Big seems a little blunt. What would you have told her? I would have minded my own business. That's what I I would have done. Ship shape. Ship shape. (laughs) Ship shape. Do you see how indignant she got towards him for a suggestion? Whereas she, <laughs> she's the one who stepped out of bounds. It just, uh. yeah, yeah. You got a tape recorder? Have a listen. Why did she wipe her nose there? That's an interesting like bit of business. She's, she's been crying. Ruthie, 
honey. It's yeah. cold I'm out. I'm so concerned, you being worried about your safety. And I started thinking, hell, you must be just really worried living alone. I mean, somebody could just break in there and hurt you. I don't blame you for being scared. I'd be scared too. But I just want you to know, honey, that I sympathize. I am very scared for you. Who's that kid? I, I got a premonition, I guess. Huh? Where's his bow? Maybe you should just put up a sign that says, No trespassing. That man is gonna kill me. I know it. Well, the music says so. That synth pad. All right, 23 minutes and nine seconds into this episode. We're going to take an internal commercial break. We'll be right back. This episode of Out of Practice is brought to you by no one. I'm not going to get tired of doing that. We're never going to be sponsored, and I'm always going to do it. I disagree, man. Hulu's going to be all over this. No, I am always going to do it. She is a keeper. Yeah, I had a hunch. Dying in here. Well, it's the 18 boxes of pizza, Jimmy. A friend can't uh, say hello. Tire. One of your problems as a lawyer, Jimmy, was your lousy poker face. What are you doing? We got to keep an eye out, see if we can catch that tire again. 70 G's. I felt I'd better take a glance at the plank I'm walking, especially since your TRW is growing a fungus. You agreed to the loan. We have an oral on this. Hey, I ain't banking off the. Hey, hey, watch out with the oral. Loan, but I got superiors. They're gonna be asking questions. I felt I'd better take a look. See. What the hell do you think you're doing? I warned you, Mr. Parks. You so don't you embarrass me in my place of business having my wages withheld? Oh, I did that. Who the hell are you? Single, white, loves horseback riding. Rebecca? Rebecca. Bunch of comedians. Huh? Mind your own business. You're going to regret doing this. I mean, we're, that's inappropriate. So inappropriate. Ship shape. Ship shape. Mr. Gibson, thank you. I'm ship shape. Yeah, I'd like to know what this is. Why does ship shape mean chubby? I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think he means solid. Because on, maybe because on a ship, it's, you got the buffet, so you eat yourself fat. It's all about. It's about settling this matter in an amicable way. Since Mr. Gibson is represented by counsel, it'd be against the canons of legal. That fan ethics, is not on. Nope. For me to speak oh, I guess to it is winter now. The right coats. That's true. That's why I was behooved to call you. You are not going to get my coat. I'll make this quick. Most of my clients are criminals. Some of them are broke and even have to pay in trade. So much as go near your ex-wife again. Drive by the house, leave a funny message on the machine, whatever. I will be dispatching two of my delinquent accounts to separate the tops of your kneecaps. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a crime. Yeah. <sighs> pretty sure making a threat like uh, that's a crime. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely a crime. That's <laughs> hard What are you doing? Who are you people? Huh? What is this? Cowards make me crazy. tell you something i'm gonna see you in jail do what you gotta do i got you she bit her thumb she Just sure did it. and i'm all about it so while we're talking about crimes <laughs> let's discuss this deal that they have going on uh with jimmy so he's going to pretend that they're going to do an office expansion in order to get a loan, but they're definitely not going to get an office expansion. I think that's just full-on loan fraud. Yes, but they're scrappy, 
and they have to do what they have to do, I believe is really the, what I'm taking away from it. And I'm rooting for them. And so when they do bad things, I think I'm okay with it. And so what oh. I'm seeing is a, a moral and ethical conflict, which is what maybe David E. Kelly was striving for. So if you're likable, then it's cool. So is it, uh, what was that? The, if like, you're just holding the drugs for your Netflix? brother, Keith, if you're just holding the drugs for your brother, it's all good. If you didn't mean right. to sell them. Right, right. Okay, great. Well, good to know. Good to know. I should really try to be more likable. I can get away with more crimes. Ah, I think you have to be cute, too. It's like a double. Uh, that's part of what I mean about likable. I could do some sit-ups get rid of my spare tire. You want to explain what that was? So now, this is not just Eugene. I find that bald bald men when men just decide to go bald like shave their heads i'm cool with it i will one day do that probably myself but the thing that makes me uncomfortable is the little like weird head roll you get in the back that kind of looks a little bit like a butt of help oh like the wife, back butt the back judge head. won't restrain i don't want to take chances the guy smells like a bomb to me you're a lawyer eugene not a pi anymore you want to be taken seriously as a lawyer. This firm wants to be uh, taken seriously in the legal community. Do that crimes. kind of crap does not help this practice. You got that? He used to be a PI. They have their rules. Their lines are a little bit more blurred. It makes a lot more sense to me now. I got it. Bobby, your hookers are here. What kind? Why are we working? <laughs> That's a good line, though. Clients, Rebecca. Yeah, clients. They're here. Sentiment. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Thank you. Salutations. Wait, I know her. anxiety concerning last week's police sweeps together with recent court decisions regarding laws of entrapment. Let's review. Swipe cut. Ah, what is this tag team? How many lawyers does this Roberts guy have? We all cover Now it's bugging me. Yeah, right? It just seems in the interest of judicial economy, a short recommendation could save us all some time. I'm all for pleading this out, but not to six years. Listen, this guy is scum. I won't pretend, but he could get two. What if we get an acquittal? You thought about that? Not for a second. You? Six is a good compromise. You get him off the street for a long time, you avoid a trial. You're good. I'll settle for ten. Oh, and tell Eleanor nice try going to the What's clerk. What's that clerk's name? That was deft. Wave to Benny over there. Benny! Benny the Clerk. But William you Hubbard threatened Knight, to break his kneecaps? Definitely not uh, him. Not break. Dislocate. Right in front of his lawyer? Well, it would have been unethical for me to do it outside of counsel. But he threatened me, too. Your Honor. He vowed that he knew where I lived, and he said it with vicious malice. As opposed to affectionate malice. I saw that. You finding judicial amusement in this? I am absolutely astounded. Stop being such a mole. I want okay, that so put on the record. The These judges don't this give two F's. This lawyer is like written as like the heel of this episode. Like he's supposed to be this like whiny douchebag and you want to like, you want to just like see him abused. But like, what has he done wrong? All he's saying is like, don't bully me and be an asshole. And it's, it's sort of like, just because he's a little, like, small and wienery, like, it's okay to treat him like shit? Well, I mean, we could have a whole diatribe on bullying right here. I agree with you, Keith, but I think the As judges are saying I don't have time for this bullshit. Look, Let's get to the facts at, I'm sick of at hand crap. here. Well, I'm but he's not saying Kevin that. He's, like, full-on belittling. With Ruth Gibson for 60 days. Well, I mean, Benny look at the guy. He is sort of a twerp. <laughs> and I'm fining you $200. <laughs> you, hold out your hand. 
I beg your pardon? Hold it out! I'm gonna put my balls on them. That'd be, like, more dignified than what, like, this is entirely, like, it's just full-on bullying for no reason. You're gonna no on the wrist. He's just doing his job. Put it on the record. He's mad. Excuse me, I... That was weird. I'm looking for totally Mr. Weird. Donald. Yeah, that's me. Gary Newman. I'm sorry, I did try to call first, but a recording came on saying service was disconnected. Is she massaging her feet? Oh, she totally is. Girl. Girl. Well, look, Bobby has set precedent. He leaves his socks all over his all over his office so he's at like, least he was sleeping he's like a shoes at the time socks off kind of a guy <laughs> yeah i guess you're right but she's on the desk feet in hand it's there's clients coming well, in for an hour the phones are working now i'm assuming representation i'm disgusted is, is where i'm Parks. going with this <laughs> to be frank mr donald this is most disturbing for a lawyer to bring an ex parte motion against his own client. Eleanor had an entire comic Former beat back there that she just Mr. put in. Mr. Parks wouldn't pay his legal fees. Oh, Cameron Manhart Even is a very so, talented actress. Was probably first. pretty bored sitting in the background of that uh, Did you bother scene. to give him any notice? For 12 hours. Believe me, I'm not comfortable criticizing other attorneys, but this goes beyond unprofessional. I think it's actionable. You know what, Mr. Newman? You may be right. No, he's he's absolutely right. Well, Mr. Parks, yeah. he wins, and he can take it all. Rebecca, sign over our entire law practice to Mr. Parks. Give him the office, the files, the Chapter 7 application, everything. We got any petty cash? $32.60. Give it to Mr. Newman, please. You think this is funny? Do we look abused? First rule for a plaintiff lawyer is to ascertain whether or not the defendant is judgment-proof. I am glad that Mr. Parks is suing us now. Now we get the counterclaim without having to file the $15 filing fee. Tell your new client thanks and tell him, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And I just See, crumpled up this piece working. of paper that has nothing to do with now anything. Associate. Take that. But kudos to sound design. They mic'd that shit. I heard it hit the floor. That's probably Foley. Or it's oh prob probably, you know, we'll get into this at some point, but I come from a family of uh, sound effect designers. So they probably recorded a paper falling to the floor and then added it to the uh, to the sound there. So it's probably not full. So someone had to sit back there and time that shit to know exactly when it was going to hit the floor. Oh yeah, that's that's what they do for a living. Ah, uh, look at that sound stage getting covered with rain. Oh, so rainy. Deadly consequences. Deadly Inbound consequences. Inbound in three, two. Oh. So what you can't it's see the here is that the, uh, the 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 deadbeat father who was harassing the uh, the wife has been has been shot in the throat with an arrow and is dead on the floor. Now, I don't know the physics of this, but I would like someone to write in, please, out of practice podcast, and let us know. How much force it would take to put a toy arrow through a grown man's neck? The kid shot yeah, him. not an archer, but I don't think that blue plastic bow would be capable strong. of doing These people that. are represented by counsel. There will be no more discussion. Mom is upset. Kid is... A complete and utter sociopath. Ruth, listen to me. They'll be taking you to the precinct. You say absolutely nothing until I get there. 
Michael, same for you. Michael, don't say anything. Michael, Wash your hands. You don't talk. Oh, I haven't said a word in this entire episode. He's a ginge. Let the record show. Rhode Island people, you don't even ask if they're thirsty. <laughs> they put a sheet over him, but they let the arrow pop out. <laughs> Kicked in the door. He was a madman. Said he didn't care what the court said. Started throwing things. Next thing, I saw his neck sort of exploded. There was blood spurting everywhere. Oh, so he and didn't stab him. They're, they're telling us that he actually shot, oh, shot the arrow? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. This was, was straight incredibility. Dude, he's Robin Hood, man. He's little <laughs> he sociopath Robin Hood dead. running around killing people with his plastic bow. Did your ex-husband... Did he say he was going to kill you? No, but he had that look. He was... He looked all crazy. All right. Well, to be fair, Keith, you sort of always look like you're going to kill me. I'm not untrue. It's because I'm always just almost there. Listen to me, Mr. Gibson. Listen. The first sneeze of the podcast season. Listen to me. I don't know exactly what happened, but let me tell you. I have a suspicion that someone shot your ex-husband with an arrow in the throat. I've got a feeling, yeah. What will happen? If Michael is charged with murder, he's going to be doing some time. Somewhere. But how could they do that? Listen to me. If it's self-defense, that's fine. If it's defense of others, for example, if he was defending you, that's fine too. But it's only okay if he thought Kevin was going to kill either of you. Wait, is that true? Do you have to fear that you're going to be killed? I thought yeah. you just had to protect yourself. I think in order to use deadly force, you have to fear deadly force. Wait, why did those toy arrows have blade shapes? Like, I don't, I'm confused. Well, I mean... That's not a toy. Why was he walking... If it wasn't a toy, why is he walking around with an actual bow and arrow? These are excellent questions. <laughs> He's like 11. As I said, I don't know what happened. A BB gun is off the table, but here's, here's a crossbow. Some kind of deadly threat. Then Michael is in some serious trouble. But he's a very talented shot. Here. Yes. He was going to kill me. See, I like this. Where he basically says, you have to tell them that you guys feared for your life in order for it to be self-defense. And I like the fact that she gets it the first time. A lesser show would be like, what? What do you mean? And then he explains it again. Like, but he did it. Oh, 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 wait, how I get it. And like a big wink. This like, it, it actually assumes intelligence from the place of the character and also of the audience that like, yeah, we're with you. We, we get what he's saying. Yeah, I dig that they also give her the beat to make the decision. Yeah. Right? We get a nice close up and actually appropriate time for a close up to see her making that decision. Right. Good performance. Immediate and flame the guy. I might have been the one who provoked him. No, 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 no. Yeah. This has been coming yeah, did. on Eugene. Ruth even said that's that it. Next episode, we are counting loosened ties. Tape, okay. <laughs> you did At that juncture, take your tie off. You got the restraining order. Just pop no, the super collar like Bobby. Yeah, pop, pop it. Should be good. 
Yeah, she didn't help us with Roberts. Ah, she's she's a good lady though. Straight shooter. Look, everything this kid's been smirk? through. What's that smirk? She's a good lady. I think Bobby trial, sleeps with everyone he's locked on up the in show. Some hole, That's my theory. Seriously wrong with things. Benny the clerk. Totally. I like this scene here. Well, I guess this one's on the both of us. This is the uh, the DA who was defending you. the dad. I pushed him over the edge. Mm. I knew how close he was to it, so. Mm -mm. I'm gonna argue self-defense. This kid gets stuck in some juvenile hall. DA might look to you for a beat on the father's temperament. I'll support self-defense. that you did it you did not do it though well he participated in the system that would not give them i can't believe it's that simple the, the threats were documented in court no, susan they weren't in the divorce pleadings there was no mention of threats that's what this whole restraining order business was about this guy was trying to kill her yeah i got all the backstory but i still got a kid in a peter pants robin hood who jumps up from behind the couch and murders his father what was he doing with real arrows his father used to take him hunting there's, there's the answer. Bobby. Boy, he's uh -huh. 11 years old. He's already in a, in a psychological wasteland. If he has to go to some facility, his life is forever shot. What are we doing here? He's a good kid. Is he? From what I understand, no, she's he, got it a doesn't point. matter. He's 11. He is the victim. This he did a shoot a man in the Susan, throat. I promise. Yeah, sure. Uh -huh. Like who broke into his head? But like now, an eleven-year-old, you're not responsible for, for your actions. Your brain isn't formed. That is lawyering, is my mom tried to stab my dad once. That is not fair. That's dark. I'm going to offer no. I'm going to offer no context. I'm just going to leave it there. Great, great. I'm just looking for a point of reference here, Bobby. When you tell me that I shouldn't let this kid be charged, are you saying that with the same conviction that you bring to the Roberts case? This isn't right, and you know it. You know, it's a tough world. I gotta go walk upstairs to my superiors and tell them that I let a juvie killer go scot and settle for six for an arm robber who put a gun up to a senior citizen's temple. That's one for you, one for me. Take yeah, your that's pick. That's intensely unethical. And against right. the very spirit of our justice system. You don't bargain one case, one case at a time. unrelated case. Roberts is first. That's full on like, you should be fired for that. Two episodes in, every line is blurred. Right. Whoosh. Now you're telling me ten? Ten is good, Lyle. It's the best that Yesterday I can do. Yesterday six was good. Listen to me, Judge White is tough. There's a possibility you could get life. I don't think that will happen, but what if he just slaps you with 20? What then? Well, maybe I should roll the dice and go to trial. You're not going to beat the rap on this. Oh, would every lawyer tell me that? I'm still doing the wise guy accent. Because we filmed these scenes Maybe back to back, we just changed the lighting. Look, Lyle, as I said, you want to fire me? Fine. I won't be losing sleep, but 10 is good. One of the reasons we're getting 10 is because I got a dialogue with the DA. You want to play craps? It's your All right, I know there's a lot going on, but somebody needs to just go let, tell Bobby to take a few deep. Let it out. I need you to calm the hell down because you're real frantic 
all of the time now. Well, he's he's about to be evicted. Benny's going to call the cops and shut off the power. Oh, God. La- the rent, you said we were golden. <laughs> when you bought the building. When, when we, we were, were roommates. roommates. Choice. How could I forget? But I think oh. that... Anybody who's you listening who knows that, that me, the deal. will think Collins that's awesome. And the rest will be... I don't know that they think it's awesome either. Okay. <laughs> You're taken. Oh, he's taking the ten. He just re- he just reacted to taking ten years in prison like uh, we made him eat his veggies. I'm also that upset about veggies. You get used to him. I had two almond croissants today while you went for a run. Oh, go to hell. That's because you're not fat and I am. It's just not fair. No, I wasn't fat. And now I can feel my pants. And they don't fit. Oh, shut up. You weigh less than my left leg. He's so dreamy. Oh, they're going to make out finally? Totally. Ten years. Good. Let's turn to our next case. Michael, the little boy. Ooh, no. I shouldn't have made that sexy who when he said Michael, the little boy. (laughs) That's an unfortunate transition. I'm concluding it's self-defense. It's like all of the shots, every time they like enter and leave a scene, everybody looks like they're about to kiss the other person. Yes, it looks like that every shot. Now Bobby's got the dead eyes, doll's eyes. Uh, the psychologist wants to see you both again in the morning. That seems like a good idea. Okay. Thank you. I don't know how we're going to get through this, but thank you. As long as Michael's not going to jail. Oh, he isn't. Hey, Mike. This is going to hurt for a long, long time. So uh, you don't have to be this brave Robin Hood or or any kind of hero. You just got to talk to the doctors. And we should probably get you a toy arrow set. Yeah. I've got to take care of my mother. You did that, son. Now you gotta let your mother take care of you, okay? See, I think that's a really good scene for Eugene. Okay. I think that's like, it's it's both the right ethical thing to do, and he does it in like an, an ethical and compassionate way. Okay. It is two episodes back to back where he ends his sort of arc with his his client by sending them off to a doctor. <laughs> well, he's like, you know, uh. either beaten up or threatened to beat up people in both episodes you go too, ahead. so I'd need to go to a doctor as well. some business here. There's the headbutt. I see it. <laughs> oh, he looks a hot mess. Thank you. I lied to my client. You didn't lie. You told him ten years was a good deal. It is. His pants so are tucked up so high. It's coincidental. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's so upset. Is uh, Roberts wouldn't have done better. His pants up to his armpits. And this kid gets a chance. We both know that. Yeah. Come on. Buy your beard.
run over by a truck. Yeah. And that synth is working overtime. Oh my god, we're Next, gonna talk about the synth the a lot. We we're did sh- it! Wow, alright. Well that was not uplifting. <laughs> we didn't get any Angels in the Outfield theme music. No, the we did not. But uh yeah, we we got we got through that episode. It's certainly like action packed. I'll give I'll give you that. Yeah, a lot of lines, a lot more lines blurred. I think they do they they excel in this episode compared to the first uh into the pilot in giving the feeling of an operational law firm that's just in the hamster wheel struggling to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know. All right, well before we, before we assess the episode we have to pick our most valuable lawyer, which I do not have a sound cue for yet. So feel free to make one. Uh, me or them? Whomever. Yeah, I probably won't do that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, <laughs> the MVL of the episode. Who's the MVL? Yeah. I think I think this episode I'm going with Eugene. I think he navigated some really... Uh, ethical lines but in the end as you said did the best for his client i mean yes truth be told he did turn one of them into a murderer so i guess i should dock some points there (laughs) yes usually a good lawyer doesn't have any of the people involved in his case get murdered but one of his clients substituted toy arrows for real arrows superhumanly shot that arrow out of a toy uh, uh bow right through the carotid artery of an individual and still walks out at the end. So that's pretty good lawyering. No, I, I, I would, I completely disagree. I think Eugene is the least valuable lawyer in this, in this case, because I think he's right when he did, like you take somebody who's snapping like the father, right? He's like losing his shit. He's freaking out. And then you like add threats and violence to this add the stress of all of that to what he's going on like he's just pushing him further into crazy town and therefore he's not entirely but i would say arguably partially responsible for for what happened there so you are welcome to vote eugene but i will not be eugene okay so then who do you vote (sighs) boy you know that's that's a tougher question because clearly like bobby does he does the arguing. Uh, he he, <laughs> everything he does is effective, but wildly unethical. So, I I think. I, I guess I have to go with Bobby because the rest of them don't really do very much. You know, like uh, like Eleanor and Lindsay do like the search and seizure seizure stuff, but that just seems too low stakes. Uh, I know Eleanor. Eleanor also has some uh, amateur podiatry that takes place. Amateur in the podiatry, yeah, which is. Ooh, ironic. Because I think she dates a podiatrist later. Whatever. Uh, so I, hmm. so I, I think, I think Bobby was the one who actually made sure the kid didn't go, didn't get arrested. And I think that was the most important outcome in terms of lawyering was making sure the kid didn't go to jail. So uh, I will give Bobby my reserved vote for M V L. Okay. So I guess in this in this particular sense we are agreeing to disagree. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Wait, yeah, wait, thanks. do it again. Agreeing to disagree. disagree. Oh, you, you can't change it when I'm harmonizing. I think that was close. <laughs> I have a wicked cold. I can barely breathe. Oh, lucky you. 
Okay, so we are now on to best actor, which we could also use a jingle for. So, in this cat, who's the best actor today? I think we already discussed it. I think that one, there's a, gr- a couple of great scenes, but that one scene alone where she makes the decision to... Jane Atkinson. Uh, yeah, to to kind of fudge the truth to save her son because he was trying to protect her. I think that that scene alone kind of won it over for me. Yeah, I think I think that's a that's a good case. I mean, I I feel at times I I wasn't she felt like she was doing a little bit too much with the upsetness. Uh but frankly like I think you're right. I think that that moment was the the acting crux of the episode. So, I think I'm going to agree to agree. So, uh congratulations on nothing, Jane Atkinson, who does not need our approval, has won uh, has won Best Actor for Season 1, Episode 2. We so, should tweet at her and let her know. No, no, we shouldn't, because we don't want her listening to this. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, that's a, that's a terrible idea. Okay, so uh, next week will be uh, coming up Episode 3. Which is Wait, don't we have to, we have to we have to hand out spare tires? Oh right! Oh god! Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, suck at this. What? How many <laughs> spare tires does this episode get? Uh, this episode felt, in some ways, a lot more grounded and and l- a lot less grounded. Like, uh-huh. you know, it really kind of stretched outside of reality is ethically for me, which I know is kind of the point where that's where we're going. But right. it's sort of it was almost. The arrow thing, I just sort of can't get over it. So, uh, if the pilot was a 6.5, I'm going to move... Uh, I think that sits about... Just that scans for me. I'm going to say a 6. You're going to give it a 6. Okay. Well, I, I, I get that. I think for me, a couple of things are better in this episode than in the pilot. Uh, one, certainly the, the direction and the tone of the show is much yes. more like self-assured. It's a little bit less, uh, affected. I was, I was less aware of the director, um, which in, in a, in a show like this, I kind of, I don't want to be aware of like the little flourish happening here and there. Um, although I, I, I do think with this, it, this was a little bit more straightforward it didn't have like the cool flourish like it did in the pilot with the spit to the mop, which I think was a great transition. This was a little more just sort of, uh, you know, meat and potatoes. Uh, but mainly, I think the stakes of the of the of the A story were just it felt higher to me. Um, so it made it a little bit more compelling. There was a there was a twist there that. Um, you know, we could cer- we could certainly see it coming, but it wasn't completely obvious. Um, and I I liked I, I liked the sort of life and death stakes of it. So, because of that, I am going to give this episode. And I'm, I might regret this later, but I think I'm going to give it a seven. Seven All right. spare tires. All right. I mean, I'm still think I, I do want to throw out some sh- some shout outs to the development of interpersonal drama with the various characters. Um, it feels a little heavy-handed currently because I know they're trying to start the inertia, uh, that, right. you know, from scratch. But um, I, I do think that it should pay off moving forward. I can already sense a little bit of uh, uh, what I want to say. Um, buy-in on my part as a fresh audience member. Curious. I really just want to know who he actually is going to end up banging to. Everyone. Uh, <laughs> and 
I, I certainly, I, I, I'm looking forward to a better story arc for Rebecca Washington, um, because right now she's super annoying, and Lisa Gay Hamilton is such a good actress, and she's got so many, you know, uh, great stories coming, but like right now I'm like, why is she here? She's super annoying. So, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, why don't you tell us where uh, we can contact, we can be contacted. Questions, comments, concerns, out of practice podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to any of that or some money if you want to help us out. Operational expenses through the roof at $16 a month. Apparently, I've committed to uh, $3.75 for who can find out who the clerk is. Well, fingers crossed any of this worked. (laughs) See you next time. We will see you next week with episode three. Thanks for listening. What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero, Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One, there's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of One. Failure is a way of life. Wisdom of 20.